Well, it can be, it can be easy and, and comforting to seek faith and, and God and even the Bible for answers. Black and white answers. To believe that they exist primarily to, to give us solutions to our everyday problems and our concerns and, and dilemmas. But there is really nothing quite like a good question. Certainly we have questions of God. Lots of burning questions, I'm, I'm sure. Things we don't understand. Things we want to know more about. If you're like me, maybe you keep this mental running list of questions that you want to ask God one day. But have you ever stopped to think about the questions that God asks us? In the Bible, questions that God asked God's people then and questions that are still important for us even now. Questions that show that God is concerned and interested in a conversational relationship with us. Questions whose, whose answers draw us deeper into relationship with God. Questions that show the things that God thinks are the things we should be talking about. It's no secret that a solid question has far greater power to transform than just a simple, straightforward answer. Especially, especially when the one who is asking the question is the, the all-knowing and all-loving God. So over the next month or so, as we start out 2021, we're going to be paying attention to some of the questions that God asks us in Scripture. The hope is, looking at them together will invite us to gaze more deeply into our own hearts, will reveal more of the heart of God, will challenge us, will push us to, to engage with the pain and suffering of our world, will we'll ultimately get inside our lives to transform us from the, the inside out. Today, we begin in the beginning with this question, where are you? Let us pray. Almighty God, open our hearts and minds to your word for us this day. We pray that it would take root there, grow us, transform us, that we might live for you and bear fruit for your kingdom. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Our scripture this morning comes from Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 through 9. Listen for God's word. The snake was the most intelligent of all the wild animals that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say that you shouldn't eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the snake, you may eat the fruit of the garden's trees, but not the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden. God said, don't eat from it and don't touch it or you will die. The snake said to the woman, you won't die. God knows that on the day you eat from it, you will see clearly and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. The woman saw that the tree was beautiful with delicious fruit and that the tree would provide wisdom. So she took some of its fruit and ate it and also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then they both saw clearly and knew that they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made garments for themselves. During that day's cool evening breeze, they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the Lord God in the middle of the garden's trees. The Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? 
This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. If you've ever played hide and seek uh, as a kid, or if you have kids now or grandkids and you played hide and seek with them, then you know the feeling of hiding, right? Of hiding and, and, and holding your breath, hoping to be, to be missed. And you also know the feeling of being found or the feeling of knowing that someone is searching for you, looking for you. Most hide-and-seek games that I've ever been a part of involve at some point someone, usually the seeker, saying, where are you, so-and-so, where are you? I love hearing the sweet voice of my middle son calling out in abbreviated form, Daddy, are you? I also love calling out that question to my kids uh, when they're hiding and I'm looking for them, even if I happen to know where they are already. Where are you? Beneath that question is love, belonging, the feeling that an absence is noticed and something is being done about it, even if it's just a game. The very first question that God asks in the, uh, of us in the entire Bible is that same question. Where are you? Where are you? It comes from the creation story that we just read. God had created a world full of beauty and, and order with oceans and skies and mountains and, and trees and plants and animals and human beings made in God's image. And God charged humanity with partnering with God to bring about and create more order and more beauty in God's good world. Of course, soon after Adam and Eve had been created, they broke the one and only rule that God had given them. And as a result, rebelled against God. And, and sin entered the world that had been made whole and broke it. Tragically, closeness with God and closeness with each other, closeness with the rest of creation was warped and damaged by sin. Whereas before, Adam and Eve had no fears, no doubts, no, uh, no shame, no sense of want, no self-preoccupation because they walked with God and trusted in who God said they were. Now, the Bible says that they were naked and ashamed. In other words, now they, they felt the guilt and insecurity that came from a damaged relationship with God. Instead of walking with uh, God freely and transparently, instead of walking with each other freely and transparently, Adam and Eve hid. They hid from each other by sowing fig leaves. They hid from God by hiding behind the bushes in the garden. They hear God walking in the garden in the cool of the evening. And this is something we assume God regularly did with God's beloved image bearers in close relationship with them. But this time, something is a little bit different. And it's here at this point that we read, that we overhear this beautiful and haunting question. God called out, where are you? makes you wonder what Adam and Eve felt when they heard God ask that question. When they heard God calling them, were they worried or afraid, wondering if God was going to destroy them, smite them, uh, pounce on them right then and there? They must have known that they had just broken God's heart. 
did they feel like we do when someone, uh, when someone is looking for us during a game of hide and seek? Did, did the question make them realize how much God longed to be with them? Longed for a relationship? Noticed an absence? Where are you? Do we really believe God doesn't know where they are? God knows. But the question is meant to reveal something of God's character and to give them and us something to chew on. At its core, the the question reveals God to be a searching God, a, a missionary God even. That God notices when we've gone missing, when we try to hide, that in spite of our rebellion, in spite of our sin, nothing keeps God from looking for us. Seeking to bring us back into right relationship. God cares about where we are and no matter where we are, comes looking for us with the question. Asking the question, where are you? Where are you? Oftentimes you'll, you'll hear people talk about finding God. And that's partially true. I mean, we do search for God. But it, it sure seems like God searches for and finds us a lot more than we find God. Because we sure are pretty good at trying to hide ourselves away. But God is also pretty good at finding us. And is always trying to find us. The God who asks this question is the same God attested to in Psalm 139. Where could I go to get away from your spirit? Where could I go to escape your presence? If I went up to heaven, you would be there. If I went down to the grave, you would be there too. If If I could fly on the wings of dawn, stopping only to rest at the far side of the ocean, even there your hand would guide me. Even there your strong hand would hold me tight. If I said the darkness will definitely hide me, the light will become night around me, even then the darkness isn't too dark for you. Nighttime would shine bright as day, for even darkness is the same as light to you. The God who asks, where are you, is also the same God Jesus compares to a woman who had ten coins and lost one of them. You remember what she did? She lit a lamp, she got a broom, and she began to sweep and search the whole house until she found the missing coin. Not until she got tired, not until it got too dark to see, not until the broom wore out as long as necessary. In other words, the God who asks, where are you, and and backs it up with an always never giving up kind of love, puts no limits on God seeking and searching for us. I don't know about your house, but in, in my house, it's usually the keys, the phone, but especially the TV remote that tend to go missing, especially the smaller, like, Amazon Fire Stick remote. And Lauren will tell you how obsessed I get with a missing remote, especially if it's right before a sporting event that I want to watch. I mean, I will fling pillows, turn up the couch cushions, stick my arm in tiny cracks and crevices, frantically trying to find it. Friends, how much more, how much more does God obsess over finding us when we try to hide? 
when even we don't know where we are. Where are you? Reveals a God who looks for each and every one of us until we are found. God, because God deeply desires an intimate relationship with each and every one of us. And God always starts the conversation first by asking us where we are. Human beings don't ask God, where are you, God, first. God asks us where we are. God starts the conversation. God initiates the relationship out of God's searching heart of love. Our hearts, our hearts have been wonderfully fashioned for this divine connection with God, and nothing but a close relationship with God will ever, ever do. Where are you? That question is also powerful when you, when you think about what it means for us. Think about what it means when God asks us, where are you? And put the emphasis on the you. Where are you? As in, where are you? The, the real you. The you you sometimes try to hide from God, from others, even from yourself. Where is the you that you don't put on Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat and Pinterest? Where are you? I just recently watched the movie Safety on, on Disney+, and it's about a Clemson football player named Ray who comes from this incredibly challenging home situation who's forced to care for his little brother while playing football and studying at Clemson. And for, for much of the movie, the first part of the movie, Ray is forced to, to hide his brother in all kinds of funny ways on campus. But he also hides this complicated part of his life and story from the rest of the team and from the coaches and even from the girl that he likes. You know, a lot of us are like Ray. If we're really honest with ourselves, we cover ourselves up with fig leaves all the time. We hide who we really are. We, we're afraid that if other people or even God, even though God knows perfectly already, found out who we really were, maybe they wouldn't love us as much or the same. We, we would no longer belong. We would lose purpose. We would no longer be acceptable. And so, so we go through life projecting images of of who we are not. Bes behind those facades exists the real me, the, the real person God created, but it, who is sometimes so hidden that we may even not, not even know our own thoughts or feelings. We hide behind fig leaves all the time in all kinds of ways. Behind social media, we put on a smiling face even when we're sad. We, we pretend we have it all together even though we're falling apart. We say we don't need any help and we can do things all by ourselves when really another shoulder to share the burden is exactly what we need. We pretend we're interested in something even when we don't care. Of course, our relationships with God, our relationships with each other, even with ourselves, suffer as a result from a lack of intimacy until we're, we're willing to drop the act. To come out of hiding and just be real, just be us. Pretend people have pretend relationships. Where are you? God asks. And God invites us to come out of hiding, to take off whatever fig leaves we wear and become more real. Because when we come before our Creator, our Redeemer, authentically and honestly, God's response helps us to know that we are loved and accepted. 
so we don't need to put up an act. We, we don't need to hide or pretend. It, it, it's quite liberating. The same happens when we drop the act and become real and authentic in our other relationships. Maybe every time the real us comes out of hiding before God and others, when we step out, when God asks, where are you, we, we, just, we experience love in, in deeper in deeper ways. Where are you? Where are you? Where are you? Now, my wife asks me that question sometimes when I'm in my own mind, lost in my own mind, as a way to say, like, hey, where are you? Like, can you be present <laughs> with me right now? You'll hear newscasters say, so where are we right now? When assessing the current state of the pandemic, for example. So the question God God asks us, also diagnoses our soul and our own journey. Where are you? As in, are you far from God right now? Close? Confused? What's consuming your thoughts? How are you doing right now? Are you in a good place? Are you in a bad place? Are you in a dark night of the soul place? Where are you right now? Are, Are you present? I mean, what a poignant question, right? As we just closed out 2020 and now are, are living in 2021. Where are you? I mean, how would you answer that question from God right now? God isn't asking where we are to make us feel guilty about our, our, our faith journey. God is asking us so that we recognize precisely that it is a journey. It's a bearing check to make sure that we're going in the right direction toward the God who's always searching for us. Because wherever we are, God is ready to journey with us, journey more deeply with us. But we have to be willing and ready to take the next steps. And it's hard to take the next steps if we aren't aware and transparent about where we are at any given moment. Plus, the God who comes searching for us expects us, wherever we are, to be a part of God's searching work, right? To search and find others who are lost who may be hiding. And so when we're honest about where we are, when we're found by God, love flows naturally in in how we relate to others. So, where are you? God asks. God longs to be in that conversational relationship with us. So God asks the question and always backs it up up by coming to us to look for us out of love. God always initiates, and it's our job to to respond. So that's what we're going to do right now. Wherever you are, I invite us all prayerfully to ponder and talk to God about our answer to that question. Where are you? Maybe that looks like telling God what's going on in your life right now. Maybe that looks like reflecting on your spiritual journey and and longings. I don't know. It's however the Spirit leads. But it's not about giving God new information somehow. It's about coming out of hiding, learning to be be open and intimate and authentic with God with every part of our life, everything in our life, knowing that God will never, ever, ever stop searching for us. So, where are you?
friends, no matter where we are, God always invites us to come back to the water, to be reminded of who and whose we are. And traditionally at the beginning of the new year in the season that we call Epiphany, which is a season of God re- 